Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye. As you all know, August 28th is Saturday. It's the 58th anniversary of the 1963 March on Washington. Uh, 58 years later, we're fighting for the same things. To that end, uh, the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee, uh, led by Hayward Evans, is uh, putting together another event. Uh, we do celebrate, uh, along with the Martin Luther King Organizing Coalition, the annual holiday. We also uh, remember the sacrifice Dr. King made on April 4th. Uh, we celebrate that every year in his honor. And also August 28th is very significant because they, the march in Washington, D.C., where he spoke to over 200,000, some people say 250,000. Uh, and uh, on August 28, 1963, it was about uh, jobs and freedom. And here we are today talking pretty much about the same things, especially in terms of our voter suppression and our voting rights. So at this time, I want to introduce uh, the co-convener of the MLK uh, uh, Commemoration Committee, Hayward Evans, to just talk about what's going into the program. And I want to let people know we'll be joined by Reverend Dr. Leslie David Braxton. We'll be joined by uh, uh, former State Senator Adam Klein, who introduced legislation nine times to make King County Martin Luther King Jr. County. We'll also be joined by uh, Reverend uh, Paul Benz, uh, Director of Faith Action Network and a close uh, colleague and also by Estella Ortega, Executive Director of El Centro de la Raza. So, Hayward, why don't you take it off and run with it and explain to folks what will be happening on Saturday at Martin Luther King Civil Rights Memorial Park from 5.30 to 7. You know, Ed, I'm so glad that you're mentioning this. What I want the listenership to really understand, remember now, this is 58 years ago, Reverend Dr. King did that iconic speech, I Have a Dream. To the extent the civil rights movement pushed then-President Lyndon Bain Johnson to, follow, to sign the 1964 Civil Rights Act, then the 1965 Voters' Rights Act, so forth and so on. So what happens? This, this upcoming August 28th is the most significant August 28th since that March in 1963. Currently, we're under so much attack in terms of uh, voting rights. The Supreme Court Back in, uh, let's see, 2013, the Supreme Court, uh, there was this one bill that came uh, came before them and, and states were saying that uh, it was difficult for them to monitor who was voting, who's not voting, and, and therefore uh, voter suppression did not exist and to please open it up. In the decision, the Supreme Court said, yeah, no, you're, you're right. It's causing uh, uh, impermissible and impermissible burden upon states to make sure to regulate that, that there's fair play and balloting. Okay, now we're, we're talking now, that's June 25th, 2013. Now, right up to that, uh, September 18th, 2020, God rest her soul, uh, Ruth Ginsburg passes away, right? Now, the Supreme Court's getting out of balance because you know what number 45 did when he didn't even look at the person, the Republicans wouldn't even look at uh, Miguel when he was coming up to, uh, to be interviewed to be the new uh, Supreme Court justice. They didn't, even, they didn't even interview him. So what happened? On July 1st, 2021, uh, is Brownoff versus the Democratic National Committee. Okay, he was suing them as well. And the Supreme Court ruled six to three that uh, they had legitimate and important interest in ensuring every distribution of voters among polling places and preserving the integrity of the uh, election procedures. 
In other words, what they said was the states can determine what is a legitimate way to vote or not to vote. Well, you know immediately, immediately what happened. More than 400, more than 400 anti-voter bills were introduced in 48 states. And some of them passed. Some of these bills passed, and that and that really uh, gets me at my heart because, see, me and my family, we don't care if it's dog catcher. We're going to vote. Everything that our people have gone through, going back to Selma and going back prior to that and the periods of enslavement, and then we don't vote. Now we started voting, okay? It's 1964 Civil Rights Act, 65 Voters' Rights Act. People of color started voting. More and more were getting elected. More and more getting elected. And when we got those uh, two senators coming out of Georgia, now you know, you know the, the Republican Party is, is tripping. They, 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 they straight up are. So what are they going to do? Everything in their power to suppress the vote. And, and frankly, they've done a pretty, they've done a pretty darn good job. And but we have, we as a private citizens understand the vote is the principle of democracy. If you don't vote, there is no democracy. If you don't have access to the polls, there is no democracy. You know, when we're looking at it across this nation, one in 16 African-Americans uh, can't vote because they've been disenfranchised for whatever reason. You know, some of them coming out of jail or whatever. But anyway, one in 16 are disenfranchised. And then the county with the larger voter populations, the, the counties that have the larger African-American descendants of the United States enslaved populations have fewer voting polling stations. Now, does that make sense? You go into the, you go into the white neighborhood, their areas, they have polling stations everywhere, open late. You go into the black neighborhood, you got two, three, three eight, four hour lines to vote. And that's right now. In, in uh, 2018, uh, Latinos and blacks were twice as likely to whites being able to get off work. Now, see, that's important. Now, if you're at work and they say, no, you can't go uh, get off work and vote. Uh, whites had twice as much opportunity to get off to, to go vote. And 25% of voting Black Americans don't even have voter ID. And you know they're pushing that. You know, government-issued ID. Mo you know, one-fourth Black people don't have it. So when they're saying you have to present this ID in order to get a voter registration card, that just becomes another uh, obstruction. Geographic barriers, particularly those Native Americans who are in South Dakota, where they said that because they didn't have an address, they couldn't get a voter's card to vote. But they're, they're living on a reservation. <laughs> they don't have traditional addresses. So these are the type of things that we need to be taking into consideration. And I submit to you that the Biden administration and, and, the, uh, uh, and Congress itself, there needs to be a standardized national system that pr promotes voters' rights. There's so many different um, areas of, that we can improve for um, for the right to vote, we can have it automated. We can do online, same day voter registration, early voting. How can you tell people, no, you know, you were, we were successful mailing out ballots. So now we're not gonna mail them out anymore because we think that these ballots uh, have been tampered with. And, and this has been the best election in history. And this is according to the United States um, um, Attorney General's office. That we, yep, that you've had Republicans agreeing that it was, especially the secretaries of state who are under attack right now. So mm -hmm. hey, until Reverend Braxton joins us, why don't you go over uh, the event itself, where it's going to be, and just give an outline, and we'll fill, fill the details in as we go. Okay, it's going to be at uh, Martin Luther King Park, Martin Luther King Civil Rights Memorial Park. 
Now, they haven't put up the new name yet, but this is a civil rights memorial park because we have people here who fought and struggled to make sure that, that we're moving forward in terms of the, the uh, civil rights movement. But it starts at 5.30 this Saturday, Martin Luther King Park. There's going to be a, a various entertainment. Of course, the, the, the greatest, probably one of the best singers in the United States, Josephine Howe, is going to be doing the, uh, um, the Black National Anthem. And then we got Lady A. And you have to hear her. This lady can absolutely sing. We have representatives from all the various communities that are there. But but the, the reason is this is critical listenership. This is very important that we demand fair and equal voting rights throughout this nation. Right now, with, with the upcoming uh, redistricting taking place, uh, the powers to be are doing everything to cut it up to maintain their control. And you know I'm talking about the Republicans. Mm. They're doing everything. And this is this is downright terrible. We're talking about going back 100 years. They want to put us back, you know, yeah. in a place can't vote at all. And this is just wrong. And if yeah. we don't stand up for it, who's going to do it? Heywood, I also want to give a shout out. First of all, uh, Chandler Williams is uh, was going to be uh, on the program and was going to be on radio today. But he got invited to a songwriter's camp back east. And uh, he thought it was going to be canceled. So we want to wish him well. And then also I uh, uh, want to uh, give a shout out to, to uh, Pastor Zachary Bruce and the 100-man 100, 100 army. They're going to be helping us with logistics. Uh, Tony B, uh, Rainier Avenue Radio, will be carrying everything live. Uh, matter of fact, we have people like uh, Rabbi Daniel Weiner from uh, Temple de Hurst Sinai on, uh, over on uh, 15th and Pike. Uh, he can't be there. There's a He's going to be involved with the uh, religious ceremony, but he is sending a statement. As you know, it's one of the places where Dr. King stopped when he came to, to Seattle almost 60 years ago. And one of our honorees, Lanisha uh, DeBartlevin, uh, is uh, working on uh, this 60-year uh, anniversary along with a lot of folks. on the. I've been, I apologize for missing all the meetings, y'all, but I will put you on radio and do what I have to do. So we have a lot of folks, uh, you know, uh, also, that was an excellent article on the front page of, uh, of, the, of the facts uh, yesterday. And then uh, if you'll see, get the medium on the back page. Chris B has hooked up uh, copies of pictures of the awardees who are going to be receiving awards. Now, I'm not going to tell you all their names. I want you to go get the papers and check it out for yourself. Yeah. And uh, then also I got to give a shout out of condolence to my friend Sam Blastingame's family. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so shocked to hear his sister had passed away like three weeks before him. And uh, I tell you, uh, you just never know, but uh, uh, may his soul rest in peace. Uh, uh, Neela uh, Alzili, too, she will be one of the speakers on uh, uh, for the Muslim Empowerment Network and the Muslim Association of Puget Sound. She couldn't be on uh, air today, but she sends her regards and she looks forward to speaking on Saturday as well. So that's just some of the things that happened. So Marla, thank you for the front page. Frank P., thank you for the interview. And I guess we want to thank uh, Erica Conway for doing uh, doing the spot for us. That did come off, didn't it, Hayward? Yeah, and then, you know, Dal Constantine, because he's even demanding, in his proclamation he did for us, he's demanding stronger federal regulations as it relates to voter oversight. Yeah. We have to have it from the federal yeah. government. Yeah. Well, you know, we would have had uh, the county executive do the well welcome, but apparently there was... Uh, uh, some conflict uh, in a schedule, but we do have a nice proclamation. Should be a part of the program, so folks, or the booklet, I should say. Yes. Uh, let me check back. Uh, any word from Reverend Baxter yet, Eric? 
Okay, well, I'm going to have to give him a call. Anybody see Rev. Braxton, tell him to get on the radio. <laughs> okay, so Hayward, who are some of the other folks that's going to be on the program? And we got a lot of people be- working behind the scenes. Uh, this is going to be streamed live. And I guess if we had Tony B on, he could talk about how that would work. So uh, uh, why don't you share it with our listeners? Uh, Let me just share something. Yeah, I just want to share some of the winners because I'm so proud of these people. They all exemplify and embody the principles of Dr. King. And, and we're talking about their everyday life and what they've given back to the, to the community. And for me, the, the top award, of course, is a living legacy award, the, the living legend. And that's uh, Lenny Wilkins and his wife, Marlene. You know, they get the Bernie White, White Bear Living Legacy Award. Lenny's well, wife's name, Lenny's wife's name is Marilyn, though. Yeah, I said, excuse me, Marilyn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but no, but, but you're talking about well-deserved. Everything he's done for the community, he made all his money, did great in, in basketball, but yet he continues to give back, him and his wife. And just, just so very proud of him and everything that he's done. And then also, you alluded to it earlier, uh, Eddie, where you got the Honorable uh, Adam Klein. I mean, nine times, right? Eddie introduced that bill nine times in Olympia to get the county named uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King County because before it was, you know, it was named after a slaveholder. His award is a Sam Smith Elected Official Outstanding Achievement Award. Uh, you know, well-deserved, well-deserved for Senator Adam Klein. And then for uh, our Roberto Maestras Community Leadership Award, none other than Reverend Dr. Jeffries, Reverend Dr. Robert Jeffries Sr., the uh, senior pastor over at New Hope Missionary Baptist Church, well-deserved. He's done so many things for the community and growing fresh food, setting up businesses, Black Dollar Day Task Force, well-deserved. Lanisha, and I I have a hard time with the last name, Eddie, you can handle that. Debarla Ben, Debarla Ben. Well, she gets the Edwin T. Pratt Community Service Award for all the all the work that she's done, brings in great exhibits, and she sponsors programs that are very educational. Like she just had, um, is it Frederick Douglass? No. Uh, W.B. Du Bois, uh, a special program regard, regarding him just recently. And I know that she's been spearheading the, um, the uh, 60th anniversary of, of uh, Dr. King's visit to Seattle for November 7th, 8th, and 9th, I believe. So she'll be getting the Edwin T. Pratt Community Service Award. And then my man, me and Rice, I, I shouldn't say it like that because it might sound biased, but I am a little biased towards him. But me and Rice from the Port of Seattle, where he's doing, uh, doing contracts. He gets the Ake Karose Public Servant Award. Very well-deserved. And you, hey, what you mentioned Ake Karose, they're doing the, the annual fall cleanup of Ake Karose Middle School on uh, – on Saturday, but we've been joined by Pastor Leslie David Braxton, so let's go right to him. Okay, Reverend Braxton, uh, thank you for taking time out to join us today. Uh, I'm also pleased that you agreed to be one of the speakers on Saturday uh, for the August 28th uh, commemoration of the 58th anniversary of the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. So, uh, you want to share a little bit of your text, a little bit of uh, your observation about where we are with voting rights or where we're not? Well, um, first of all, thank you for um, this time today, and thank you for the invitation to be a part of that roster on Saturday. You know, our democracy is in a very fragile place. From the very beginning, um, 
we the founding fathers had the notion of a limited democracy democracy for white males and white male property owners initially and since that time uh, we the people the people other than white male property owners have been demanding participation in the democracy uh, because a limited democracy practically speaking was a racial uh, autocracy for all non-white peoples and so women demanded the suffrage and we finally got it in 1920 Black men got it technically in 1870, but because of um, segregationist shenanigans, uh, they were actually prohibited from participating in many instances. And thus, in 1871, the Justice Department was um, established under the Attorney General specifically to protect the suffrage rights of the freedmen guaranteed by the 15th Amendment of the United States. And still then, um, 95, 94 years later, we had to have the Voting Rights Act in 1865. From the very beginning, there have been people who didn't want other people to vote. James Russell Lowe once said that every man, every woman can transmute their own private thought and opinion into history and destiny by placing it in the ballot box. We live in a country where some people have not wanted other people's opinions um, to be translated into history and destiny because they've blocked their ability to place it in the ballot box. And because the, the current U.S. Census that just came out has made the point clear, the white population, white share of the population is shrinking. Um, and so in many people's minds, they're trying to set in place the infrastructure of minority rule when we become soon to become a majority minority country. And so there are those who want to still have all the power, even though they don't have the numbers to support it. So we're fighting for democracy versus white supremacy and white privilege. That is the fight. It's the fight underneath immigration policy, criminal justice, who can and cannot vote. Um, the fight is while some of us, for hundreds of years have fighting for equality and participation in democracy. Others have been fighting to maintain monopoly and privilege and to limit democracy to just them and not just us. And that's where we are. Very well, very well spoken, sir. So uh, in terms of uh, uh, people, uh, we still have a lot of folks in our community that say, well, my vote doesn't make a difference. And I guess uh, they need a history lesson to find out that we died to vote. Uh, what would you suggest we do uh, to, to maximize our turnouts and our participation in the electoral process? I think Georgia should be instructive to anyone who took for granted um, that their vote didn't matter. By a measly 10,000 and some odd votes, um, Georgia flipped from red to blue, and the flipping of that state gave um, Biden in, in part helped him gain the presidency, um, but it also gave him the Senate, uh, even though Manchin is um, uh, he, he's undermining that majority by voting as a Republican or putting things like the filibuster more important than um, than is our voting rights. But still, we have the narrowest of majorities in a 50-50 Senate with the vice president breaking the tie. And so 
if you look at what percentage that 10,000 is of the overall population of the state of Georgia, you begin to see every vote does count in a fair, honest election. And as our share of the population grows, we now historically have been given the power to determine the direction of this country if we, in fact, will acknowledge it and use it. And so I would think that black people who are disproportionately impacted by everything that happens in this economy or in this nation, from the economy to public policies on pandemics, we are always negatively disproportionately impacted. We have to start using the power that Providence has now given us to put in place policies that, in fact, give us equity in this country and allow us to raise our voices now in determining its destiny and direction. I was hoping that uh, Senator Adam Plan would be on. He's uh, represented the 37th district when it was a majority minority district, <laughs> mostly black, but uh, he was responsible for introducing legislation nine times. Uh, is Adam Klein on? That's me. Senator Klein, I'm on, you're on right now with Reverend Dr. Leslie Braxton, the senior pastor at New Beginnings Christian Fellowship out in Kent. Oh. And I was just hey, sharing it with this. With... How Go are right you ahead. there? Hey, nice to be talking to you through Eddie here. Uh, I was just sharing with Pastor Braxton that you introduced legislation nine times. <clears throat> but uh, do you have a minute or two, Pastor Braxton? Yeah. Okay, I would, Senator Klein, why don't you share that story with him about how you had to introduce legislation nine times to get uh, the county to be named Martin Luther King Jr. County? Well, it, uh, it started soon after I got to the Senate. Uh, I know uh, Councilmember Gossett, Larry Gossett, had talked about doing that. And Ron Sims was already very much on board. So, you know, it was simply a matter of uh, a bill that would amend the definition of the counties. Each one of the 39 counties has a definition in state statute. And ours wouldn't change anything. It would simply add one sentence. that King County is named in honor of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Period. That's it. That's the whole thing. And Republicans said, oh, no, 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 you can't revise history. Well, history has it that King County was named after Rufus Devane King, uh, a senator from Alabama, a slaveholder, and vice president under Pierce, President Pierce. Get it? Pierce and King were named after the president and vice president. So I said, look, I'm not trying to revise history. I'm just trying to change the purpose of the person after whom the county is named. History will remain as it is. Oh, no, 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 you can't revise history. Well, you know, it went on and on for eight years first. And finally, we got the majority back. Democrats were in the majority. And Republicans did something strange. They all spoke against this bill on the Senate floor. And then they voted in favor of it. They all repeated their mantra about how they can't revise history. And, you know, it was named after one person. And we owe that person a debt of gratitude, even if he was a slaveholder. I don't get that one, but all right. Um, anyway, finally, they voted all for it because they couldn't go on record as voting against Dr. King. Back in their home counties, their home constituencies, they had enough black folks who would raise the issue. Or not just black folks, white folks, too, would raise that issue and say, no, hold on, I want you to do that. So they all voted in favor. It passed, I think, unanimously or close to it, uh, but not after, not until after a long, drawn-out debate. 
anyway, it was persistence, but it was for a good cause. And uh, Pastor Braxton, that's one of the reasons why Adam Klein has been late coming, but he's being honored, uh, one of our honorees for Saturday's event. And uh, Senator Klein, Pastor Braxton is one of the, one of the speakers. Uh, so uh, he's probably one of one of the one of the best around, I would say. I know I've heard him speak. Well, all right now, so you had to hear him again. All right. So you heard that, Pastor Braxton, right? We look forward um, to Saturday's event. It is, in my opinion, the most important issue, uh, national issue, even more important than infrastructure, which I'm absolutely supportive of, because the Democrats' ability to push a progressive agenda uh, depends in part on our being able to have fair elections going forward. And as you know, the Republican Party is passing laws that would enable them to overturn the results of elections, which would spell the end of our democracy. Very well stated. That's, that's what we, we look like. So, well, uh, uh, Senator Klein, do you have any, any comments you'd like to make about your, and we know you worked on the civil rights, uh, you went down south and worked on civil rights, you took a chance in the height of uh, all the turmoil down there and the bigotry with the Klan, right? You don't know if it was the Klan or the sheriff. There was one and the same back in those days. Yeah. You know, we, um, we've come a long way, as some people like to point out. But the long way that we've come is from the time when I was down in Mississippi when they were very clear about the literacy test. They no longer had a poll tax, but they had the literacy test. They had a law that said if you apply for the right to vote, your name will appear in the paper. And if you live on a plantation, uh, not only your job is at stake, but your home as well. And even if you don't live on a plantation, your job is still at stake. We've come a long way from that to this, where the state of Georgia can say no more souls to the polls. Uh, and by the way, Georgia's not alone. Arizona, uh, Pennsylvania, I'm going to think here, Wisconsin, I know, had a law similar to this. No more um, early voting. No more uh, local uh, non-male, you know, drop boxes. Everything that makes it easier to vote <clears throat> and that attracts a significant minority and Democratic vote is now against the law. For reasons that they claim are due to some kind of fraud that they've never, 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 never had to prove because nobody really has made them prove it. One thing I like about the, I believe it's in the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, is the statement that if, you know, if a jurisdiction wants to uh, act on behalf of uh, its citizens by preventing some kind of fraud, they got to show where the fraud is. they got to be put to the test. So I'm, I'm glad we've come a little bit of the way, but we have not gone far enough. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, John Lewis voter rights bill passed. Even Senator Manchin is in favor of that one. Bless him. Pastor Braxton, do you have any, any comments before we have to go? Or I think Senator Klein has, um, with a laser focus, that and uh, For the People Act combined, um, we've got to take away the tools for anti-democratic uh, minority rule of this country. Um, some of us thought this fight would be 10 years down the road, uh, but the demographic apocalypse has pushed it sooner rather than uh, later. 
Um, but it is what it is. We must win the fight for voting rights. Voting rights is the right that crops up all other rights. If you don't have the suffrage, you do not matter in this country, in, in this democracy. End of story. Very well said. Senator Klein, what about you? Anything in closing? And you guys will see each other on Saturday, right? Pastor Braxton yeah, will be, be there. Yeah. I'll be there. And okay, then you guys can be face to face. That'll be great. They have that yeah. kind of coalition going. That's what, that's what we're going to need, gentlemen. That's what we're going to need. Thank yeah. you, Eddie, for your leadership and constantly being uh, uh, a moral vanguard in this community. Well, thank you very much, sir. Appreciate that remark and that comment. Much, much appreciated too, Eddie. And I will be looking forward to seeing you and hearing from Pastor Braxton on Saturday. All right. Thank both of you. Then. Okay. Thank you. You take care. All right. Thank you. Okay, Eric. I guess we'll spend a minute or so of uh, Dr. King and go to a break and come back with Reverend Paul Benz after this. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Okay, Eddie Ride, back at Urban Forum Northwest. I think I have Hayward Evans on the line and Reverend Paul Benz has joined us. Yes, indeed, Eddie. How are you doing, Reverend? We just said I wish I could have kept uh, Senator Adam Klein uh, and uh, Reverend Braxton on the line. We could have had a good a good conversation, but we'll all be together on on Saturday, Reverend Paul. Uh, we're going to be focused on uh, what people are trying to take away from us, and that's uh, 
that's our voting rights. But before we do that, you've been on before, but I'd like to have you take this time and talk about the Faith Action Network, the kind of work you guys are doing, and how you're uh, saving souls and keeping people alive in the state. Thanks, Eddie. It's always good to to be on uh, your uh, show and uh, to hear the the words of Dr. King uh, uh, echoing once again. And thank you for your work, Hayward's work, and so many others to continue uh, to not let us forget uh, our history and how that history is intertwined uh, with the fight for justice and equity. Uh, In terms of Faith Action Network, we are doing what uh, we've always done since uh, we, uh, since I helped birth Faith Action Network 10 years ago, and that is to uh, organize around the state and to work in the halls of power. So we are, um, though uh, COVID is back again um, because we are so divided over vaccinations, mm-hmm. uh, we wanted dearly to meet. Uh, we have fall meetings. We dearly wanted to meet. We have over 20 clusters, geographic clusters in Washington state and wanted to meet in the fall. We haven't because of COVID. And now we are unfortunately are going to move most of those back to zoom because of uh, the divisions in our country that Dr. King strove spent his life uh, to try and bridge and heal. And so we are going to continue um, uh, organizing by zoom uh, for our, our faith-based uh, folks, advocates, on the critical issues before us, uh, which is still jobs and freedom, uh, that um, the, the March on Washington, uh, the great title for that, that is still uh, the issue. And we are working in the halls of power. Uh, as I speak, um, we, a fan uh, through my work and others, are working with many of our partners on combating law enforcement not showing up. And they are saying uh, this happened just uh, the King 5 News report last night about the horrible suicide in Kent and the Kent uh, PD uh, um, um, police chief, PC police chief, uh, his officers said, well, it's the legislators. Um, it's, those, it's those bills. And those bills were prime sponsored by a young African-American man, leader, great leader, uh, rising leader in the state legislature. Representative, State Representative Jesse Johnson. There was no intent on his part, and, and the many, many uh, that voted for that and all of us that worked on it, uh, as well as the Fraternal Order of Police, uh, the one state law enforcement association that we can work with uh, that prevents law enforcement from showing up um, to critical situations like what happened in Kent that was reported on last night. So uh, sorry to go so long there, Eddie, but that is... No problem. But you know, it's interesting is, you mentioned that uh, about uh, uh, Representative Jesse Johnson was an award recipient from the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee a few years back when he was on the Federal Way City Council. But uh, about a month or two ago, I had Representative Jesse Johnson and uh, Representative Karen Bass from California on. And she heard uh, Representative Johnson's uh, interview. And when she came on, she wanted to request it to have me send her a copy of his bills. So obviously uh, the people who've been involved at at the Washington, D.C., at the national level on down, uh, uh, Jesse Johnson's bills, they passed, caught her attention, which is great. So uh, I would say, no, he's an outstanding, 
outstanding uh, young representative that's going to go a long way. I also want to congratulate him again this week. He's a new papa. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, so he couldn't, he wasn't able to show up on, uh, on, uh, on Saturday, but, uh, but I said, I can understand that you got a little one. You better stay home and take care of that. So that's great. <laughs> his, 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 his young son, his, his little baby boy is, is uh, name is Elijah. Okay. Powerful a great, name. A great yeah. name. Yes. But that's, so, that, yeah. that is, yeah. About in terms of, uh, we have, we've uh, had uh, a pretty good response in terms of having uh, the diversity that, you know, I think that Dr. King would be, be pleased to see. So we, we continue to strive that. And also, uh, I would like to have you uh, introduce the clergy at the, at the program. And also, uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, Rabbi Daniel Weiner, who can't be there uh, because of a uh, religious ceremony that they're engaged in. But he did send over his headshot. I was going to use the one with him with the suit on, but he sent the one with the open shirt on. So I'm going to go with his <laughs> preference. And then uh, we would like to have, have you read his statement. Because uh, the Faith Action Network, I'm sure you guys—we've all been involved together. Yeah. But uh, so, uh, so the folks, and, and that's another good thing. Once again, this will also be streamed live. Uh, Rainier Avenue Radio uh, will have it, and also uh, be streamed through the MLKCC website, Facebook page. Stephanie Ogle, our webmaster, will take care of that for us. So those are the kind of things that are happening, and hopefully. Uh, uh, we wish folks success, and well, there's a very big march in Washington D.C., and we want we want to wish those folks well, and uh, hope that uh, everything turns out well for them. So, what do you, what kind of message would you have sent to your members of, of Congress right now about the status of things in D.C. before we have to depart? I just want to want to hear what you would have to say about that right now. Well, um, uh, two things. One, um, it is really good to see. Uh, the majority party in the House come together and vote on the framework. It, it is just a framework um, that is a big investment. Um, I'm not talking about the transportation package. Now I'm talking about the budget resolution that they just adopted on Tuesday. So it was really good to see the majority party come together because there's only, as we know, there's only a three-vote difference uh, between the parties in in our federal House. So it was really good to see that the, the Democratic House part of our federal house come together and say investments are important and we're going to pay, pay for it um, by taxing those that have uh, the ability to pay, meaning the, the very wealthiest in our country. Second, uh, which is, is very important and tied to what you just said in your introductory remarks, Eddie, and is the theme of, of Saturday of the historic march on Washington, D.C., and that is the importance of voting. The African-American community and other communities of color historically in this country have always been disenfranchised by the, 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 the white male-run system that we've had in this country. And we've been able to, to nick away at that the last several decades. Unfortunately, the Supreme Court, as we all know, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court a couple of years ago uh, um, did a damage uh, to the Voting Rights Act that Dr. King fought for in the early 60s and so many others. Um, uh, white, black, all, all different colors were, were working on that in the early 60s and that President Johnson signed into law. So that is what the uh, uh, John Lewis Act and, and the, and the uh, 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 For the People Act will do is to restore 
those rights and to ensure the most important right that we have in this country, and that is to be, be able to freely vote and make sure our vote counts and that we can do it um, by mail and, and not have to worry about whether the vote will be counted. Well, Reverend uh, Paul Benz, thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday at Martin Luther King Civil Rights Memorial Park at five five o'clock for you, sir. We need yes, you sir. to be uh, be a chief organizer as usual. So thank you very I'm, much for the time. I'm I'm looking forward to, to being there, and I'll email some of my clergy friends to to make sure they can come. Okay, we certainly would appreciate it. Thank you, Eddie. Okay, uh, hey, whatever. What I want to do is, if you could quickly, without doing the whole resume. Uh, the award, the name of the award, and the award recipients. Uh, in thirty, in sixty seconds. Sixty seconds. Okay, here we go. Uh, Lenny and Elena Wil uh, Wilkins, the Bernie White Bear Living Legacy Award. Maryland, Maryland, Maryland. Golly, Hayward. The uh, uh, Honorable Adam Klein, the uh, former Senator, thirty-seventh district. The Sam Smith Elected Official Outstanding Achievement Award. Reverend Dr. Robert L. Jeffrey, Sr., Senior Pastor of New Hope Missionary Baptist Church, Roberta Maestra Community Leadership Award, Lanisha Bardadalin, Ben, okay, Northwest African American Museum, the Executive Director President, she gets the Edwin T. Pratt Community Service Award, uh, Mian Rice, uh, Director of Diversity and Inclusion out of support, Port of Seattle, it's the Ake Karose Public Servant Award, Dr. Benjamin S. Danielson, MD, Odessa Brown Humanitarian Award, and the final award is an organization award. And it goes to Seattle, Martin Luther King County Chapter, founded in 1913 of the NAACP. Their political action committee has been very, very active. And it's under the leadership of Amy uh, Straddle is the chair. And they okay. Jackie Jones Welsh Berlin Jones uh, Advocacy Leadership Award. All righty. Uh, Eric, we'll play a, a, a piece of Dr. King, take a break and come back, hopefully with Lucella Ortega after this. We'll be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. That my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the Port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at Port Seattle. Org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when you can hop on link light rail and fly by the gridlock? 
it's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Live Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Live Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Organic, free range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk 1150. All right, Eddie Ride back at Urban Forum Northwest with my next guest, who is Estella Ortega, Executive Director of El Centro de la Raza. That beacon on Beacon Hill that is growing rapidly. As a matter of fact, Sound Transit got in the way. I think they'd have had that another building where that station is right now, but I guess people do have to get around. Estella, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest once again. And thank you so much for your uh, uh, and also those uh, support for the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee's event on uh, on Saturday. Now, did you uh, get us a speaker yet or what? <laughs> it's, it's August, Eddie. So what can I tell you? I, I, I know. That's what, that's, what, that's what Miguel told me already. So anyway, now we have uh, we'll have we have a, a brother that's a past award recipient by the name of Luis Navarro. And I think Luis, Luis will do, do an outstanding job as well. But we, we appreciate your support. But, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of things are happening. I guess uh, this situation with Afghan has pretty much put everything else on the back burner. But what's on the front burner is, is voter suppression and, I guess, uh, the growth of domestic terrorism. And we got a big thing coming up on uh, the January 6th hearing. Uh, and uh, it's really amazing. Like, uh, a lot of people think, the uh, attempt to overthrow the United States government wasn't a big deal, and they were tourists. So it's amazing to what it, so what people some people can do, and they have been overlooked. Uh, just wanted to have you comment on first of all uh, what's happening with El Centro and what, what what are you guys doing to get the vote out and ex- explain to people how important the vote is. Yeah, well, you know that that's a constant everyday thing that we work on, Eddie. You know, just because. That's a, a part of, you know, what we've always done. And so it's just sort of built into our infrastructure where all of our staff, you know, ask they're the participants of their program. When, you know, back before pre-COVID, we did events. We were always um, asking people whether they were registered to vote. Did they need a change of address? It's on every, it's at the end of everybody's email that goes out, you know, that, you know, you can register to vote here. So just a constant reminder of of that's what we do. You know, and when we think about, you know, voting, I mean, I I think what has evolved is that um, we have people who are running for office who are calling for, you know, basically a social transformation of our country. And um, and so we have more progressive candidates that are beginning to run. I mean, if we look at, you know, what happened to Nina Turner in Ohio, where um, she was, you know, she, that's who should have won. But, you know, the, the conservative arm of the Democratic Party came out 
and worked hard against her because mm -hmm. she was challenging big pharma. She was, you know, um, calling for, you know, Medicare for all, um, challenging the fossil fuel industry, and, and they didn't want another you know, AOC like her. Um, well, well Shella, you know what? She made one mistake. I think had she stuck to her, her, uh, her platform, but when she went out of her way to attack James Fiburn, I, I think she made a serious political error right mm. there. Because James Clyburn brought people out. He's he's beloved, especially by older black folks. Yeah. And you know, and she never ever should have gone out of her way. She should have focused on and I I love Nita Turner. I really do. But some things you can't do. Why yeah. would you want to no, bring right the highest ranking black politician in America into the fight? And so once once she did that. All those folks that wasn't even some of black folks weren't even interested in the race because she attacked Clyburn, which caused him to go in and show up in that race. That made the difference. So mm -hmm. I just think sometimes people got to use their political savvy. You know, you have I one point, with that. one I opponent with that. at a time. But, but okay, I don't think it takes away from that. That we need more candidates running. Oh, absolutely, for, I agree um, with you. I, no, I agree with you. And when no, we, I agree. Know, we, when we think about voting, you know, I, I, we have to think about voting in relation to that it's about food, it's about housing, it's about jobs, it's about child care, it's about education, and so much more. And it's not just about getting, you know, some particular politician elected, but it's electing a candidate that believes in those kind of things. And that's what voting means. You know, we're going to have, we need access to all of those things that I just named off. Right. And the 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 conservative element, you know, the, the, the right wing element in this country know that people of color are growing in this country. If you look at the census, I mean, the numbers in the Latino community and 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 other communities of color have grown yes. immensely. And so they're they're fighting back as hard as they can to make sure that <laughs> young people, poor people, people who live in the cities that we're not going to vote because they know that if, if our people vote, we're going to turn this country around. And so we've got, and we've got to be messaging that as often as we can to remind people that it's not just, Oh, that policy, that guy's going to have a job or that woman's going to have a job as a politician. Mm -hmm. It's about food, housing, jobs, childcare, education, and so forth. That's what voting is about. And we've got to make sure that our people remember that. Well, you know, Estelle, I agree with you 100%. Like my congressman is Congressman Adam Smith. He is chair of the House Armed Services Committee. Yeah. His budget is $740 billion. And if you took 10% of that, $74 billion would get people off the streets, have them in decent housing, reduce student loans, pay off that, and do so many other things, it wouldn't be funny. But we'll spend all the money in the world to kill people. Many of the weapons will never be used or they'll be left on the battlefield like they are in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. So uh, that we really got to get beyond feeding defense contractors. And one of the things that got Dr. King in trouble, and I just was listening to a speech he gave April 4th, 1967, where he was talking about how he was under attack by people just a year before Muhammad Ali was stripped of his uh, heavyweight championship title because of the fact he opposed the war and wouldn't go to Vietnam. And Dr. King was talking about the bombs being dropped, what kind of food that was taken off the table. 
I mean, you know, in this country, we should have no one living on the streets. And we need to spend more money to keep people alive. We are preparing to kill people. And the fact is, well, I think one fifth of all the weapons that's being made will ever be used. And I hope to God none of them ever have to be used because we know where they will be used. So uh, I just wanted to express my sentiments uh, with you on that one all the way. We have too many resources to have the kind of social conditions we have in this country. Right. You know, and the rich want to get, you know, richer and richer. And, you know, you know, when is enough enough, you know, on on how the wealthy are controlling um, everything and in particular, you know, the political Mm -hmm. processes. And we've just got to elect good candidates. And that means we've got to vote. But keep in mind, what does voting really mean? No. You know, exactly. But we got, we got we too many black folks died for the right to vote. So uh, it's hard for me. Unless you have a, a definite reason why you can't vote, you know, I'm going to be on your case about voting if you can vote. Because there are too many bad things happening in this country. I think about the, uh, the draconian steps that the Supreme Court has taken with, uh, with DACA and with all these other kind of oppressive kind of policies that are being substantiated by the Republican Party, and half of them need to go to jail for being involved with that January 6th attempt to overthrow the government. So, Stella, I want to thank you very much. And look, when something comes up at El Centro de la Raza in the community, please, if you can't be on, designate Miguel or someone else to share the word. We like to keep all of our listeners involved with having all of the communities around here. Well, bring me back uh, to talk about we're doing another development in Columbia City. But I want to say one thing to our listeners is that most of us come from some other place. You know, we landed in Seattle. We're from the South. We're from California. You know, we're from back East. We need to be organizing our relatives to vote too and our friends. I, I different, agree. Different places. So I just, yeah, well, you know, well, well, we arrived here 400 years ago from Africa uh, and 254 years as uh, slaves. So <laughs> we've been here quite a while as well. Stella. Yes. Keep us posted on that development. So call, let me know when you want to come on and talk about it. All righty. Thank you. Take okay. Thank in. you now. All right. Thank you for your support for the MLK Commemoration Committee, too. We appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, Hayward, thank you very much. We Excellent. have time to everybody on Saturday, October 28th, 530 at the Martin Luther King Civil Rights Memorial Park. 